the greatest love of all is God's unconditional love for us. He demonstrated this love by sending his son Jesus Christ into the world, who died for us on the cross and rose up again, making it possible for us to be adopted into God's family as sons and daughters. Will you embrace God's love for you? Yeah, I know that there are times in life when we could be preoccupied with things we're too busy for love. But at some point, we just feel, I wish somebody loved me. I wish I could have somebody who really, really, really cared for me. And so all of us need to be loved. We long to be loved. And there could be many of us who are searching for that love, perhaps right now, in this stage of life. And when we are loved, we feel valued, we feel accepted, we feel appreciated, we feel it gives us a sense of worth, we feel that we have reason and purpose to be alive and do what we're doing. So being loved is so important, it's so intrinsic to all of us. When we are loved, we are freed. We are free to be who we are. Nothing holds us back in that environment of being loved and accepted. We are also healed. Life has its, its hurts that it inflicts on our lives. And when we are loved, in that environment of love, there is healing. And we feel released. We feel free. But for those of us who've, who've walked into that experience of love, we know that to experience that kind of love, it takes at least two things. One, you got to decide to love. You got to decide to receive that love. It, love is a decision. It's not just a feeling. It's a choice that you make. And also, at that moment, when you make that choice, when you choose to love, there is also this step of abandonment. You're letting go. Love is very risky. Because you're taking that step to becoming vulnerable in receiving and giving love. There's a sense of abandonment, a sense of surrender when you are receiving love into your life. And as much as you and I long for that love. But finding that kind of love is quite difficult. I mean, just look at the superstars in the world today. They have fame, they have money, but they keep falling in and out of love all the time. And you wonder, like, man, these guys have made it big. And they still, they have all the money, they have all the fame, but they're still not able to find this one thing that seems so elusive to them, true love. And so you keep hearing and reading about them over and over again, falling in and out of love. So people are in search for love. But on the other hand, when we talk about human love, we find that human love is fragile. Many of us have experienced that firsthand. Where the love we thought would last forever suddenly ran dry. Maybe they changed their mind. Maybe they just, you know, when the rubber met, met the road, when things got tough, that love couldn't handle it. Sometimes, unfortunately, even parental love seems to come to an end. And so human love is fragile. And when we experience that moment when love ends, this, when disappointment strikes us, it can be so painful. Some people are unable to handle 
the fact that human love is fragile. And, 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 and so uh, in that sense of disappointment, they want to end their lives. Their whole world collapses when they discover that the love that they thought, they thought was true love suddenly came to an end. And you know, when love breaks down, when relationship breaks down, the one person, the, the very person who, whom you enjoyed so much in loving and being loved now seems so distant. There's this invisible wall that has come up between you and that person because love has broken down, relationship has broken down. In that same environment where there was so much of togetherness, there was so much of freedom, there was so much of healing, there was so much of liberation. In that same environment, all of a sudden, there's an invisible wall and you can no longer relate to the very one by whom you were loved and whom you once loved. And love breaks down. Keeping all of this in mind, I want to talk to us about the message of the Bible. And the core message of the Bible is the immense love that God has for you and me as individuals. That's the message of the Bible. It may seem very simple, but it's not simplistic. It's simple so that anyone can understand, even a child can understand. But it's not simplistic because it costs God everything and it requires everything from you and me in return. The love of God. The Bible tells us that God is love. He is all love. And out of that great love, God created everything and he created man and woman, Adam and Eve. He put them in a garden and he empowered them with his love. He set them in a place of dominion on the earth and in this perfect world that he had created, he entrusted them with authority, with dominion over all his creation on this earth. And there was this beautiful, undiluted atmosphere and environment of love between Almighty God, who is love, and the man and woman whom he created. But the Bible tells us that there was a breakdown in that relationship. And that happened not from God's side, but from our side. When Adam and Eve betrayed or broke the trust that God had placed in them, they disobeyed God. They did something God told them not to do. And so what happened? There was a breakdown in this relationship and this invisible barrier came between God and man. This barrier called sin, disobedience. And the Bible tells us in, in Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2, your wrong-headed lives caused the split between you and God. Your sins got between you so that he doesn't hear. Our sins came between us and God as a huge barrier. So that even though God is love and he still is, he hasn't changed who he, who he is. He's, he's fully love. Yet on the other side, because of disobedience, man was separated from God. Could no longer experience this wonderful love that God was still extending towards mankind, towards you and me, towards people. But God's love, the Bible teaches us, never ends. 
It's unconditional. It lasts in spite of all the wrong we've done. His love still reaches out to you and me. And that's the message of the Bible, the love of God. The Bible is a call from the heart of God to you and me saying, listen, I still love you. I want you to come home. In the third chapter of John, and I'm just summarizing from John chapter 3 verses 1 to 17, a scholarly man named Nicodemus came to Jesus one night and he said, teacher, I know you are a man sent from God because no one can do these great miracles that you are doing unless God is with him. He, said, he acknowledged, he recognized who Jesus was. And then Jesus looks at this man and he says, Nicodemus, I want to tell you something. Unless a man is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Unless a man is born again. Now, Nicodemus is a highly educated man, so he's trying to reason. So he asks Jesus, he says, Jesus, how can a man enter his mother's womb a second time when he's old? Very logical question. And Jesus says, Nicodemus, unless a man is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. The first time you're born, you're born in a natural birth. You're born of water. And you're born again. The birth I'm talking about, Jesus is saying, is a spiritual birth. You need to be born again. He says, Nicodemus, marvel not that I tell you, you must be born again. And then he said, the wind blows where it desires. You can't tell from where it's coming and where it's going. But you can feel it. You know what's happening. So is everyone who was born of the Spirit, who experiences the second birth. They're born from above. They're born with life that comes from God. And then Jesus continues to Nicodemus and he says, Nicodemus, are you a teacher in Israel and you don't understand these things? I can only speak of things that I know are. No one on earth, and I'm paraphrasing what Jesus is Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus. No on earth can understand the things of heaven except the one who is from heaven. He said, I speak to you of heavenly things in earthly terms in order that you can understand. How would you understand if I spoke to you of heavenly things in heavenly terms? So Jesus is saying, look, Nicodemus, I'm using this terminology of being born again to help you understand something. I'm using your language to teach you of the mind of heaven, the mind of God. And in that conversation, Jesus continues. And at that moment, when Jesus is trying to teach the teacher of Israel the most important lesson from heaven, what does he say? Here's what Jesus says. He says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. He's saying, listen, this is the greatest message from heaven, Nicodemus, that I want to speak to you, the teacher of Israel. And this is the greatest message from heaven. What is it? That just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, he, is, he takes back a piece of history that this teacher understands. He says, in your history, there was a time when Moses, one of your leaders, lifted up a serpent, made a brass serpent in the wilderness. And at that time when people were being bitten by snakes, all they had to do was to look towards this brass serpent 
that had been raised up in the middle of the camp and they were kept safe. Jesus saying, in that same manner, the son of man, that is himself, I have to be lifted up. And then he gives the, the most powerful, probably the most important scripture that we, many of us know. He says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting or eternal life. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. So here's the most important message that heaven wants earth to know this Christmas season. Here's the greatest message that heaven wants you and me to know. That God loved us so much that he gave his only son, Jesus. So that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. This is the greatest message. And that's what Jesus communicated to Nicodemus, the great teacher of Israel. He says, Nicodemus, here's the message that I'm bringing to you from heaven. And I'm speaking this message to you in terms or in terminology that you can understand. As Moses raised up the serpent in the wilderness, I'm going to be raised up. So that everyone who looks to me will experience this love. That they will not perish, but have everlasting life. So here's the core message of the Bible. That as sinners, we were separated from God who was fully love. What would you and I do if, if our relationship with somebody broke down? What would you and I do? There was this farmer who had this weather vane on top of his barn and... and uh, he had this arrow that indicated the direction of the wind. And on the arrow, he had this words written, God is love. And so the passerby, a passerby, a man passing by one day saw this and he couldn't understand it. So he went and knocked at the door. He said, Farmer, I want to ask you about the weather vane you have on top of your barn. Doesn't seem right. Are you trying to say that God's love changes every day just like the direction of that arrow? And the farmer explained, no. What I really want to say is, what I really mean is, that whichever way the wind blows, God is still love. God is still love. And that's what Jesus is trying to bring to you and me. Through his birth, his life on earth, his death on the cross, and his resurrection. That God so loves you. He loves me. No matter which way the wind blows, no matter what we're going through or where we've gone, God is love and he loves you and me. What is, this, what is the greatest expression of love? How do we demonstrate love? Now, love, of course, is expressed in so many ways. You give to a person, you spend time with a person, you, you, you tell the person uh, you love them and so on. Love is expressed in so many ways and and. How do we express that love? The story goes about a doctor who looked down at a little girl 
in the hospital bed and he knew that the only way to save her life was to infuse blood in her from someone who had who'd been through the same disease who'd recovered from the same disease and so he met with the anxious family and with the parents permission he knelt by the little brother let's call him Johnny and he said Johnny your sister needs your kind of blood to make her well would you be willing to give some of your blood so that she can live that little boy's eyes was filled with fear and we don't know what thoughts ran through his mind but after a few moments he said sure doctor i will and so they laid this little boy out on the bed and stretched out his small arm and took out the needed amount of blood johnny waited for a few moments as he was instructed on the bed and then he stood up and he quietly asked the doctor so doctor when do i die only then the doctor realized the extent of sacrifice that johnny was willing to make in order to save his sister's life no greater love this is what jesus said in john the 15th chapter and the 13th verse he said no one has greater love than this that a man laid down his own life for his friends this is the greatest demonstration of love that you're willing to lay down your own life for someone else and that's exactly what jesus christ did god who is love in order to rescue fallen man in order to rescue man who you and me who were in sin who'd wandered away from god who'd betrayed his love who'd turned our backs towards his love who chose our own wrongdoing over and against the love of god god in his great love he said i'm coming after you the bible tells us that our sins have their consequences sin separates us from god but the bible also says that sin has to be punished which means all of us as human beings were headed for eternal damnation in hell hell wasn't prepared for man it was prepared for the devil and his angels the bible tells us but because of our sin we were headed in that direction all of us like sheep have gone astray we have headed away from god but the message of the bible is this that god loved us so much he stepped into our world became a man and then he took upon himself the sins of us all he gave his life as a penalty as a punishment as a sin bearing punishment for our sins he died he was buried he rose up again and the bible tells us that anyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins so this is love's greatest demonstration jesus christ who came into this world who died on the cross for us The Bible tells us here in 1 John chapter 4 verses 9 and 10 this is how God showed his love for us how did he demonstrate that love for us God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him this is the kind of love we are talking about not that we once upon a time loved God but that he loved us 
and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. This is God's greatest demonstration of love. Jesus Christ coming into this world, dying on the cross, bearing the penalty of our sins, so that whoever believes in him would receive forgiveness of sins and could be restored in their relationship with God. This morning, I want to just invite you to simply receive this message of the Bible that God loves you. And he demonstrated that great love for you and me by sending Jesus Christ to die for us on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven and this barrier of sin removed of the way and we could be brought into a wonderful relationship with God. And the love that God offers is not like human love. It's not fragile. It's not a love that would end. It's not a love that would withdraw. But it's a love that is unconditional. It's a love that brings us into his own family. As his sons and daughters. Never to be abandoned again. The Bible tells us in John 1 and verse 12, but as many as who received him, Jesus, he gives the authority to become children of God to those who believe on his name. Think about this. As many as who received Jesus, he gives us the authority, the privilege, the opportunity to become children of God to those who believe in his name. But this morning, the question is, would you and I respond to the love of God? Would you and I respond to that love? As I said at the very beginning, in receiving love, there is risk. You've got to make a decision to accept that love that's being offered to you. There is a sense of abandonment. You're willing to say yes to that love, which means you're also saying no to everything else. And you're surrendering that love. For some of us, we are afraid to be loved because we have gone through the pain of broken love before. We are afraid to be loved again because we don't want to be hurt again. And so we are so afraid to take the risk to be loved. But I want to assure you of one thing. God's love is far superior than human love. His love is not fragile like human love. You can abandon yourself to the love of God and you will never be disappointed. You will never be disappointed. He has demonstrated that for us once and for all through what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. The Bible tells us in 1 John 3 and verse 1, What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We're called children of God. That's who we really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously. Because it has no idea who he is or what he's up to. 
Look at this great love God has for us, that he would call us to be his own sons and daughters. It's a love that you and I can abandon ourselves to. Now the world does not understand that kind of love because the world has no experience of unconditional love. The world doesn't understand the God kind of love. The love that will never end. The love that will love unconditionally at all times. The love that changes us. The love that transforms us. The love that frees us. So in closing, will you respond to God's love for you? There is this eternal God who loves you. He really does. He loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for you and me to remove this barrier of sin and to welcome us into his family. Will you respond to his love for you? To receive love, to experience love, we've got to make a decision, we've got to take a risk. You've got to be willing to say, yes, I want to receive that love. And you've got to be willing to take the risk and say, Lord, here I am. I'm in your arms from this moment on. Why don't we just stand to our feet, please? We're going to get into a time of prayer right now. You are worth more than gold. And perhaps till this moment, you never really understood how much you're worth to God. God values you as a person. God values you just as you are. And he loves you and me so much. The Bible says he sent his son to die for us on the cross. For God so loved the world. For God so loved you. That he gave his only son. That if you will believe in him, you will not die but have everlasting life. This love of God. Would you respond to that love this morning? I first of all want to speak to those who may have never responded to this love. Maybe this is the first time you're listening to such a message that speaks to you about the fact that God loves you. That he's willing to forgive your sins if you will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ because Jesus died for you and he rose up again and he's alive. Maybe this is the first time you've heard the fact that God is inviting you into his own family. He's willing to be your father. And he's willing for you to become his son or daughter. Son or daughter. Maybe this is the first time. But love is a decision. It's a choice you make. You need to embrace that love. You need to say, yes, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I receive you. Forgive my sins. And yes, I want to be your son, your daughter. That's a choice you need to make. So that's the first prayer we want to pray this morning before we close. It's to give an opportunity for people here. If you've never done that in your life before, if you've never prayed and said, Jesus, I receive your love. I want to be your son and da or daughter and I want my sins forgiven and, and taken out of the way. And I want to begin experiencing your love. If you've never prayed that way before, I want to lead you in a simple prayer this morning, right now. And if you feel the prompting in your heart, that desire in your heart to do that, it's a choice you're making. Then I want you to pray with me 
this morning. And after we pray that prayer, then we're going to pray for other people in this room who might need the, the touch of God's love in some other area of their lives. We'll come back to that. But let's just bow our heads right for a moment. And if there's anyone here this morning that this is the first time in your life that you heard a message like this about the love of God and you want to respond to that, would you pray this prayer with me? Would you say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your love for me. I receive forgiveness for my sins. Come into my life. Make me a child of God. Help me to experience your love. Help me to follow you and you alone from this day onwards. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Is there anyone here who prayed this prayer with me for the very first time? I'd like to re I request you to please raise your hand. Anyone here, you prayed this prayer with me for the very first time? Could you raise your hand? God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Another hand up there. A couple of hands up here. Another hand up here. God bless you. Could you just raise, keep your hand raised? There's one way out the back over there. Two, two more there at the back. God bless you. Just keep your hand raised, please. Our greeters will come and give you a green bag. So if you pray the prayer and you have, keep your hand raised till you receive the green bag. So anybody up in the balcony, just, just put your hand up. If you pray the prayer, several people this morning, wonderful, wonderful. In the green bag, you'll have information. There are some books that you can read. There's a card that is called First Steps. It gives you instruction on what to do now that you've prayed this prayer this morning. Simple instructions. Read, a bi read your Bible. There's a Bible in that bag. Uh, if you have your own Bible, it's great. You start reading the Bible. Spend time in prayer. Talk to God. Talk to the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray in His name. Come and be a part of the church. Worship God with us. There's another book there that's called Foundations. It, it, it gives you several lessons that will help you learn more about the Lord Jesus and about the Word of God. We encourage you to please go through that. So if you pray this prayer this morning, make sure you receive the green bag. Ushers will also have it on your way, on their, on your way out. You can take it, up, take it from the ushers as well. I want to take a moment to pray for the rest of us here. You know, God loves us all the time. Some of us may have wandered away from God, may have grown cold in our own love for the Lord, or sometimes we may have questions when we go through life's challenges. Where is God? Does He still love me? I know He loved me, you know, five years ago, but five years down the road, and I'm going through some struggles. Does He still love me? God spoke to His people in Jeremiah. 
33, and he said, I love you with an everlasting love. I love you with an everlasting love. God loves you with an everlasting love. No matter what's going on in your life, one thing you can be sure, his love never fails. It never runs out. No matter what season of life you're going through, your Father in heaven still loves you. He's not changed his mind about you. He's never changed his heart about you. So this morning, we're going to sing that song. And I just want you to receive that love and say, God, today, in the midst of what I am, in the midst of the situation of life that I find myself in, I thank you, you still love me. You still love me with that same intensity, with that same passion, to the same extent, the same degree, as when you gave your son to die for me on the cross. Never mind the situations of life. Our Father in heaven loves you. And if God loved us so much that he did not withhold his only son from us, will he not surely give us everything else? Yes, he will. Yes, he will. He will answer your prayers. He will bring healing. He will bring restoration. He will bring redemption. But this morning, just be assured of the Father's love. Even as we sing that song, thank him that he loves you no matter what. Death in life, I'm confident and covered by the power of your great love. My death is paid, there's nothing that can separate my heart from your great love. In death,
Amen. 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 Would you just lift your hand up to God? Just tell Him, Lord, I thank you for your love. Thank you for this unconditional love. This unending love. This never ceasing love. That you love me, Father. You care about my life. No matter what's gone wrong, the love of God always redeems. It always redeems. That's the heart of God. It's a re the redemptive heart of God. That no matter what's gone wrong, He doesn't abandon, but He comes to redeem. He comes to recover. He comes to restore. He comes to bring back. He comes to heal. He comes to elevate things back to their former glory. God's heart is a redemptive heart. He loves unto the point of redemption till he brings everything back to himself. And that's what God seeks to do in his love for you and me. He seeks to redeem us back to himself. He seeks to redeem things in our lives that may have been broken down. He seeks to redeem it because of his love. Things that may have gone wrong, he seeks to redeem it back. That's the love of God. He never gives up. He will always come through. He will always redeem. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray over your people this morning, God, that no matter what's gone wrong in our lives, that your love will break through and that your love will redeem it. Bring it back to its former glory. Bring it back to its original design. Bring it back to greater than what it ever was. Redeem. Let the love of God redeem things in our lives. Whether it's marriages, whether it's homes, whether it's the lives of our children, whether it's our finances, whether it's our jobs, our careers, whether it's our health, the love of God redeems. And so, Father, I pray the redeeming power of your love over our lives, everything in our lives. Let your love redeem. Bring it back to yourself. Bring it back to your purpose. Bring it back for your glory. And we thank you that you'll do this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you again Thursday, 10.30, same place. We'll celebrate Christmas together. God bless you. Have a great Sunday and a great week. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org 
for additional resources thank you for listening and god bless you